0: Hey there, my name is Milan Singh and I'm the host of SpyFi After Dark. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to this episode and to ask that if you enjoy the show, consider rating or subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on. That's all from me. Now, on to the episode remember these mics don't record stereo they only record mono yeah it's
1: literally just the volume difference yeah, that's, just, <laughs> that, that's all it is yeah. oh shit <laughs> who did i invite for my co-host
0: i ask that to myself every week <laughs>
1: all around you're like no no, no. It's, it's not it's actually <laughs> just know. right I in there i
0: know, just, I know. Yeah. right in
2: my one ear yeah. uh-huh. my one air yeah <laughs>
0: You're listening to the SpyFi After Dark podcast. Welcome back to SpyFi After Dark. I'm here with Hans, or Brett. I know him as Hans. Say so
1: hello. No solo,
0: because I'm here. <laughs> Hold on. I'll get to you, Alex. Be patient.
2: Everyone with the solo jokes.
0: You're gonna. You're going to have to get a little closer. Everyone with the solo jokes. If you can, try to move it up. It's a little low. I know it kind of will drop a little bit because those are shanky arms, but there you go. That's good.
2: can't just do this.
0: Well, you can, but just because you were already there, you just needed to go <laughs> a Wouldn't higher.
2: be as funny just on audio? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well. And, of course, Alex. What's up? Who is my new co-host. Welcome. Except for next week's episode because he wasn't around for that, but, you know. That's okay. <laughs> Can't always be here. So Brett is a coding instructor mm-hmm. at a local technical high school. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to a lot of the skills that propelled me along my web development career in the early days. Um so I figured we probably would talk about the future of technical education and then see where we go from there. Sounds fun. Okay. Alex, so he's the me.
1: man behind the curtain? Uh, one I of the curtains, perhaps. <laughs> Very cool. What school, by the way?
2: Westmec um, and Central Campus. There's a bunch. It's like...
1: You got to be right into it. Westmeck
2: is
0: like all of
2: Western Arizona, <laughs> practically. Yeah. Like, it's,
0: it's massive. If, you, if you're if you going to turn your head, we got to address the mic oh. for it. I've never heard of Westmech
2: Yeah, I didn't either, and I'm pretty sure the bot I wrote applied for my job. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. <laughs> I have to take you up on that. <laughs> Currently in the market.
0: So he's he's such a programmer, he writes a bot to apply for jobs.
2: Uh, don't tell LinkedIn. They don't like bots being on there. Okay. They, they, they tend to sue people who do that. So I really? totally clicked on the, that apply button. Totally did. Totally. Yep. Yep. I totally signed into my own profile and did that every day. And the first time a day. Yeah. 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 Per minute. Yeah. Uh (laughs) That's awesome.
0: So what, um, what's the curriculum like at WestMec?
2: Um, for my year or in general,
0: we'll say your year, but then in general.
2: Um, so mine is the second year. So they've already had a full year and, um, so they've already learned HTML and CSS and a little JavaScript. Um, and so I come in and I teach them full stack JavaScript. Um, uh, so mostly we kind of start off with a review on JavaScript debugging, um, ES6, um, which I'm trying to integrate in the future just to be in the year one because it mostly runs in the browser nowadays, mm-hmm. most things. Um, and then, um, what was it, um, Ajax, Node, and then now we're, we're on, I forgot the exact title, but it's, we're going over Mongo and databases, just a light overview on databases.
0: Okay. So in English, for those who don't understand any of those words, <laughs> um, it's basically the foundational technologies that run websites.
2: Yeah. So like Ajax is how you communicate with any site.
0: It's much. it's one way. Yes. The common yeah. way. Yeah.
2: Well, it's how you get data from a, from another place without computer. reloading the page.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, so he's teaching web application development. So I'm sure everyone who listens to this uses web applications every day from Facebook to productivity tools to the very thing you're listening to this podcast on is probably a web app. Realistically. Unless you're maybe on the iTunes desktop app or something.
2: Oh, native apps.
0: <laughs> um, so these are these are the the core pieces of technology that run most of our lives these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're teaching at a high school.
2: Yeah. Technically. That's very different than teaching um, adults
0: the same kind of content. <laughs> so what are your feelings on boot camps? And for those who don't know, boot camps are basically adult education alternatives Mm -hmm. to bachelor's degrees. They're supposed to be very short and arm you with the skills you need and none of the skills you don't in order to do a job like programming. And they've had mixed success.
2: Yeah. um, I'd put emphasis on mixed for sure. Um, I think that if you're an adult who has no coding experience wanting to go to one, um, be very cautious and just really do your research. Make sure that they offer some kind of certification. The one I worked at did, for example, um, they're not perfect, but they're probably one of the, what definitely one of the better ones for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, because they offer a certification. That's true. Through a university, no less.
0: Yeah. You did work at a bootcamp before you worked at high school. Mm -hmm. That's true. I forgot about that
2: yeah and you applied to that same uh position right
0: yeah similar
2: did they go through the interview process oh yeah
0: it's pretty easy honestly
2: yeah yeah yes it was
0: <laughs> um but they they only had replacement like temp openings and i was like okay. screw that you know, it's not paying well enough for me to
2: well even it. if it wasn't a replacement it's not paying well enough either well, not, it would have been
0: fine as a, it was supplementary because it was only right. in the evenings. So as a supplementary piece of income, I would have been okay with it.
2: Yeah. And um, that's also for the instructors were largely, well, when I was there, it was almost, uh, I don't think when, when I started, I don't think they had any full-time instructors. So I think they do now. Um, in fact, they, I think they started doing that at the end of when I was um, a TA.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: So it was all supplemental for all of the staff.
0: Okay. I'm going to adjust your mic real quick. We can cut this part out, but. Oh, no. Since you're, since you're, you're looking in that direction, we can do this.
2: Okay. Because it's only straight here. Yeah. Like, it's. Like a laser in front.
0: My bad. Okay, that should be a little better. I'm watching your your levels on the screen here. Um. Okay. So, so what was the experience like? Were you teacher or TA there? TA. Okay. What was your experience like there?
2: Um. I mean, it was. So it was uh, three days. Um, if I remember right, I think, I, and I think I did Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday.
0: Sounds right to me.
2: Um, <clears throat> for, I think like four hours a day. Mm-hmm. So that, that's very different than teaching every day. Um, <laughs> two yeah. classes for two hours, um, and, and teaching, not just being a TA. Um, the biggest difference I think is, you know, um, being more of a mentor versus a teacher you know when you're a ta it's much more of a one-on-one mentor kind of relationship um than it is an instructor position you know and that's that's very different
0: mm-hmm. alex do you have anything to add here? what was the like
1: was the curriculum just three days in total So twelve hours in total. It was it was about
2: the same duration as what my students are going through. Actually, it's three
0: days a week for six months. That sounds right. Six
2: months. Yeah.
0: Is that the general structure for boot camps?
2: More or less, the ones that stay they they change for all of them. Actually, some actually there are some really intense ones where like you live there.
0: It's a full time thing,
2: and and like you like. They provide room, board. Um, um, it's
0: like six months, five days a week.
2: It's a little culty. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I've never gone to those. Mm-hmm. But um, like it's, it's super intense. And those are typically actually, there's different markets, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, I feel, are often for the larger companies and feel that market. Where mm-hmm. the one I was at was more general um like let's just get people entry level you know not just like let's just get them hired at facebook or you know insert name brand company Mm -hmm. um like galvanize here locally is very different than how or do you know are they called hack reactor now i know they bought hack reactor
0: galvanize yeah i have no idea
2: um but um so they're similar but like you can test out of things and again, so like they only accept, they don't accept anyone too. They only accept like the cream of the crop. And so really what they're doing is they're taking eh, developers and they're making them. Wow. Maximizing. Yeah. 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 They're, they're just kind of squeezing, you know, lemons to make (laughs) lemonade, you know, as opposed to, to growing a tree. Right.
0: Okay. And personally, I think that's a better approach.
2: The making lemonade kind of thing.
0: Uh, I think that if you have no exposure to coding at all, Mm -hmm. doing a bootcamp is a bad idea. I think you really should be able to learn a little bit on your own and decide if it's even something you want to do.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. But at the same time, like, so let's just say, and (coughs) I don't know much about the space, but let's just say there are bootcamps out there and I'm sure there are that have a more rigorous weekly structure, maybe five plus days a week, um, two plus hours a day, maybe we'll just say three hours a day, four hours a day, that are truncated curriculums, you have three months of this, fits right into a student's summer schedule. Students are not in college, Maybe, maybe breaking mm-hmm. into high school. I could see parents pushing their kids to do this just to get their feet wet. Um, it's something to can, see that it's something to consider because you're not going to be an avid programmer in high school most likely unless you go to a high school that will expose you to that. And mm-hmm. then if you play sports, if you're taking work home, if you're like a committed student, it'd be difficult as a parent to also supplement exposure um, on top of whatever stack your 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 kid's really getting like. Um, or having to to deal with on a weekly basis, so the summer would be a good time to just, you know, see. And I mean, as yeah, a parent, that's, as that's a parent, a I would different. pay. I would pay, like, just to see if my, and if my student well, that's doesn't. That's the best if, part about West Mac, Okay, it's free. what if it's?
0: <laughs> well, let's take your. Scenario. You don't have to take what a mortgage out. What if it's six thousand dollars?
1: <throat> yes and no. It's it, it, it depends. I mean, like like, there are plenty of situations where parents spend money in that realm mm-hmm. higher and lower if you will for yeah. sports and sports is a more guaranteed That's thing to not That's carry really beyond true. high school and college okay
2: not to mention the failure rates of sports are i i would assume honestly way higher in some ways because yeah. sure, sure. There, there's so many people trying to get in and the demand isn't as high
1: it's a funnel well, yeah a way. versus in- i'm
0: i'm getting at more adult oriented stuff I mean, yeah. yes. If it's, I know, I'm agreeing with you. If someone's making, saying. if someone's making a boot camp for high school <clears throat> students, that's really not a bad idea, mm-hmm. you know, or, or college students or what have you. It's not a bad idea yeah. at all.
1: I just presented a counterexample to say that, like, entry or or like outreach slash like early exposure. Purposed boot camps could be a good idea for like kids, but to your point, the whole like lemonade out of lemon i totally agree that like you would have people with the intent of maximizing their you know their abilities and already having like Mm -hmm. exposure and a desire to
0: do so my my problem it's safer makes sense my problem is the the ones that are more than happy to charge twelve thousand dollars and promise a job at the end to someone yes. who doesn't have any experience going into it. Because that's completely unrealistic. So, so
2: that's potentially fraudulent too. Yeah. Does that happen um, for like entry level? Yeah. A lot of them do get hired. A lot of the adults um, at the one I was at were hired right out of the bat or even before they graduated. Okay, um, and but these they came people, in with some experience? Some minimal. Some none actually. Um, most boot camps have some kind of like pre-assessment. Not, not, nece- not always as a disqualifier. But to... St- just to gauge where they're at individually, mm-hmm. right? And, and like, judge their thought process, like, like a whiteboarding interview almost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was curious, because I don't know you either, um, Alex. Um, what's your background like, too?
1: So I don't have any any real programming exposure. Um, Aside from my failure
0: to teach you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he and, I, he and I
1: dabbled with a game that Millen um, uh, built, and we were just looking at different ways to improve some of the mechanics kind of like as a just as an activity to get my feet wet my background's in um, biomedical engineering okay so uh, more on the instrument side so a little a little removed from this conversation but still very interesting and i've always considered you know the idea of um of, of, of lear- <laughs> learning software development just for my own sake and my brother does it and um it's a great avenue um i know it's
0: Pretty Let me put it this way. He's, he's told me he wants to learn programming for like four years.
1: Yeah. I, then I'm, do I'm, it. I'm so. awful. I'm awful. <laughs> I lack the focus. Not discipline, focus. So
2: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, it's accurate. And it does take a lot of focus. Um, one thing, so I think in addressing like boot camps, I think you have some valid points, but um, I think, so the way I look at it is, there's just different demands, right? So we, we have just increasing demand in tech and so many different fields of tech. Mm -hmm. One of them being programming another arguably being game design and development. Um, but that typically is, I think a bit overfilled and Mm
0: -hmm. I don't think there's expanding demand in
2: that role. Yeah. It's yeah. Not expanding. It's static at best, you know, that I feel, I think is very interesting itself really needs a lot of innovation um, too, which I went back. It at. needs
0: a lot of things. It needs higher salaries to retain better talent. It needs better work life balance. Yes, needs,
2: especially that.
0: It needs customers willing to pay a higher price point for the games because they're too low mm-hmm. these days. I mean, I, I could get into that. it because it's you know it's a sixty dollar game was a sixty dollar game in the nineties, fifteen years ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. By the way, so I didn't know this, but um, how many developers do you think make GoldenEye on the N sixty
0: four? Oh, probably like twenty.
2: So, I could be wrong, but I heard recently, like, it was, like, I think, it like, less than 10, and I could none believe of, it. only one of them had actually, like, worked on a game before. I could believe it. Like, wait, what? A major title? Like, that was probably the first console shooter I played.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a breakthrough, like, FPS. Yeah, and
2: it, it's absolute crap now. <laughs> like oh, yeah. to, I don't even think you can move and, like, aim at the same time. I think <laughs> you have to pause. But yeah. that that's incredible if you think about that, like, under 10 people with low-level programming, too, right? It's, yeah, I, I that's I think it was a lot OG. harder to that's learn.
0: Old days where they had to do some real complicated stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, well, anyways... Um, what I'm trying to get at with boot camps is they're marketed in a way like we will show you how to do this and how to get a job. But yeah. in reality, if you're coming into one with no experience at all, no exposure at all or very little, you're going to have to do a lot of work outside of their curriculum to really prepare you for the job. Yes. So on that exact note. they're not note, telling you about that.
2: So on that exact note, um, and this was a big shift for me getting used to it as a teacher, is as a TA and stuff like my students, the adult students, there was an expectation like they had homework and their homework was basically like a pre project for each unit. Um, and the expectation of homework in, in mine isn't there. And honestly, I do wish it is because (laughs) anyone, um, high schoolers or adults are kind of goldfish in terms of memory. If you're not practicing something, you're gonna forget it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you so, can't
0: design homework.
2: Uh, I can, and I c- it's like frowned upon, I'd say. Okay, because so keep in mind, my students go to their main public high school and then they come here on top of that.
1: Oh, this is supplementary, yeah, yeah.
2: So if, if oh. you've heard of EVIT locally, we're we're the equivalents in like Glendale on that
1: side of Very town. Very cool. My question to you, by the way, just on a random tangent, we can go back. I don't mean to interrupt, but like no, my it. question to you is, so it sounds like Milan, your problem with boot camp is that there's a lack of guarantee and upfront costs uh, <coughs> should out like it shouldn't be as as expensive as it is. What if I told you that there's a boot camp? It's a little longer, and it guarantees a slightly better job. But the cost is not only as much upfront, but reoccurring per year. Usually four-year and structure. It's called four-year university. Four-year structure, no job <laughs> guarantee. Uh, so like, I, like just,
0: I have the same problem with college. Oh, well, a bunch of unrelated if, classes. If the right? ad,
1: yeah. If the average, if the average salary out of a. <sighs> I don't know, like a well received or well reviewed or I don't know what you want. Like a like a better six month boot camp that offers certifications. The average salary there, let's just say, I'm just using salaries as like an example. This is just as just a benchmark, It's like 35K. But the average salary outside of going into university A after four years is sixty-five K, right? Which one would you do, assuming you know that software is is in your pursuits?
0: I mean, I would definitely pick university. You think so? Yes. Well, I, I mean, already
1: has a university background.
2: It's, too. Well, it's also right.
0: it's also about starting at a higher place. Like you have much more over time because you started higher. In right. your example, it, it's in right. Real but real life, it's not that stark. Yeah, so especially it's because more if you, like because fifty-five versus sixty because three
1: and a half years. On top of having industry, like at, at the four-year mark, you're at 65 with zero industry, versus 35 plus whatever kind of incremental increase you got. So it's not 35 by the four-year mark plus three and a half years of industry experience. But unless you're not, you um, know I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's more of an you're argument. Really
0: good at job hopping and whatnot. Your 35 is not going to turn into 65 at the end of four years. I know, but but then the trajectory,
1: because you know how it is. But so granted, like, if you're making
0: thirty five as a developer, you've done something exactly. Wrong.
1: Exactly, I did that intentionally too. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be that big of a of a difference either. So the point I'm trying to make is, I think that conversation is still there because, like, after three and a half years, even if you but suck people, as a developer, people
0: forget that college also has a lot of other values that come. With
1: I that. didn't. I didn't put any value in the actual education. I agree with you. We Do had you mean this the drinking.
0: <laughs> yes. No. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean the networking, which can include drinking, I guess, but. You meet a lot of people, you make friends, and they're going to help you out down the line. Well, and you never know how.
2: Yeah, networking is important. Not to mention
0: your professors
1: can get you internships while you're in school. You also find out it's a lot of filtering too. So, like,
0: I'm saying this, and I didn't do any of these things. I'm just saying (laughs) they are available. And
1: we had this conversation. I did do a lot of these things. Also, Mm -hmm. it's better to try and get exposed to different things in college. And find out what you don't like versus having to. I mean, I mean, it's not going to translate one to one. See, that's
2: where I would actually disagree. Um, That because college should not be the place where you're trying to figure out what you want to do because it's way too expensive. It's so expensive. I agree with that. It's just increasing. No, I agree with that. It just ends up being (laughs) that. That's the biggest problem. Because
1: really, I don't think it's college. College. I think it's like that's a generally good. That's a general time in your life where I think you're formulating your own identity, independence. You have like the faculties now to do things on your own, et cetera, et cetera. College just happens to be a medium. It doesn't have to look the way college has looked for us. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just—it's also that time in our life. So I don't
0: think—I think, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to figure out what you want to do in college. So I'm saying because because you're going to do that anyway, probably. But, at that time. I think but there needs
2: a, to be new policy. There's on a caveat, how Colleges operate, um, and I—I I really think a big part of that is just going down to this private university stuff has to be addressed. It, our student loan debts have to be addressed
0: well colleges you know? are more expensive than they should be it's not just that though. but so
2: like at nau um and i don't mean to cut you off That's right. um you know like when have you gone to Flagstaff? um by the way uh, either
0: may- one of maybe you maybe a couple times in my life
1: uh, yeah i've been a few times because it just like so recently that though no it's, it's <laughs> i haven't gone in like five years it's been so, longer than that for me yeah so i graduated in 2013 and it was a During my four or five years of of going there at NAU, you never met a guy named Justin Gross, did you? Not that I know. Okay, he graduated in 2013
0: as well. Oh, okay. (laughs) What major, though? I always forget that he went to. And finance you.
2: Oh, yeah. You know it's funny. I might have walked past them though, because I, I. Bear in mind, my degree is not in computer science for, for you. Um, it's in applied sociology. So I was right next to the Frankie School. Okay. So I probably could have walked next to him for that whole time. Very cool. (laughs) Um, but no. So like, the reason I bring up Nau is it's it's a perfect example of one of the many ways that education is being done wrong. And not just in terms of curriculum. That's a whole different topic. Mm -hmm. What's being done wrong is being treating a university, a public university, as a way to make money uh, per bed. It's like a hospital. You know, Um, look at how many, like, universities, if they have, like, X number of freshmen and, like, a quarter or more drop out the first semester, they should be penalized for that not like I agree. just d- take in all that money because they're doing something wrong and they're putting just more people in debt and that's a serious issue mm,
1: i like that too like so retention rates should yeah. correlate to something yeah because like their performance
0: metrics mm-hmm. should actually matter but so,
1: also in my opinion another thing that should matter and i know that this isn't completely tied to the college's ability to provide you know, proper education and provide resources that complement said education. But in my opinion, uh, on the other extreme, I think students staying in college and not completing their degree. So I know that, I know that's, that's more contentious, but like, mm-hmm. but yeah. do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I do think that is something too. It's a little interesting.
2: I think it's interesting to address that, but um, and so what you're your po- your ultimately point? getting
0: at is colleges should raise their standards for admission. Uh, it's which not I agree that
2: with. I think that we need to really, there needs to be a. This is so there are so many different areas where I think college education is just wrong. It, it's so let's bring it way back to arguably some of the roots. Right, where did like our. It used to be way, way, way hundreds of years back, right? It was master and apprentice, right? You worked under someone who was a master in that field, right? Mm -hmm. And over time, you learned. And gradually, we had institutions pop up to provide a more formal structure for that. Just very, not strictly accurate, right? But just broad. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's become this just, it's a for-profit thing, even though it's a public education institution, and that's, that's where problems increase in multiple different areas. One is the housing part. Um, and, and, and then you just to quick summarize that, that area of problems is, you know, we also have dorms that are privately owned on federal land. Wait, what? <laughs> that's weird, right? Because where's the money then going to, is it going back to, to into our education to our students or is it just wait? Going is to that s- really a thing? Yes.
0: I don't even know. Like that. Res, life? And, is and that, res Life? It's
2: not just at well, NAU. I think, I think uh,
0: ASU owns all of its res buildings. A lot of you Except see this at like a Vista, lot of different maybe. colleges, though.
2: Um, so they own, they I own Vista. See, I
0: mean, I see it actually. They own Vista. Now, now that you say it. Um, I think they bought Vista eventually. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they bought 922. They, um, now that you say it, that makes complete sense. I just never realized that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's
2: crazy when you do, right? And I
0: wasn't exposed to it because I did go to ASU and they owned. Their and you own were in buildings. a sociology major. And it wasn't <laughs> that. Um, yeah, that's uh, wow. I didn't even, But yeah.
2: But then there's also, I think, the curriculum side, in especially for highly technical areas. But it's not just technical areas, to be mm-hmm. fair. Um, it's going back to like that master apprentice. So like, why are there doctorate degrees and things that are non-medical? Like, okay, are you going to operate on a circuit board? <laughs> like, yeah. are you going to operate on a brain when you're in psychology and not neuropsychology? No. <laughs> you, you have a master's and thesis defense. For, you have a thesis defense for master's and doctorate. Why are you just doing it twice? You already went through that process. Why are you just increasing the amount of money? To be fair, I haven't gone to grad school, right? Um, I, I took some grad courses, but. You know, when I started thinking about that, I was like, this is kind of nuts, you know, because I already have this at my university, and it, it I was lucky. I, I had really good relationships with my professors, right? I'd, I'd like follow them to their next class and bug them and just like pick their brain for all their knowledge right Mm
0: -hmm. um so you actually maximize your
2: yeah yeah of course and like i'd go to bars with them and (laughs) a a lot (laughs) once i was 21 of course you know and we just talk about things um and just learn more organically in that mentor mentee way that i was kind of talking about with as a ta as well you know um and today i think the You only are really often get that kind of experience in as a master. Once you have your master's and you're going for your doctorate. But then, you know what I'm saying? Like master's is now a cliche, right? Because now you're really an apprentice, right? But you have a degree saying you're a master.
0: That's a good point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the semantics are there. I I mean, I I will say there is a hierarchical structure of like understanding a subject matter to a greater degree of granularity and at the doctoral level you're supposed to have a very absolutely but i do it is weird and it also in to your point like i do think whether this is the direction you were trying to go with that argument uh, i will say that a master's degree has been trivialized by the way yeah. It just like in a lot of different ways. And
0: by the way, Alex has a master's degree, oh, um,
2: so I don't mean to discount your. No, and at it's all. Tri- <laughs> trust me, I don't care about it. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody does. Well, like, <laughs> but, I, I have friends that I went to high school with, right? And so they're teaching in public high school, not CET. So I'm already making more than them as a first year teacher. I'm like, I'm sorry, because I don't have a master's degree, and I'm uh-huh. making more just because I'm in a CTE school and I'm teaching a technical field, and it's like. This is a shame for our educators that actually want to do this for normal public school too. They're not only just underpaid, but they're overeducated. And then, like, what's the point of the bachelors? The, you have to ask that question. Well,
0: that's that's what I've that's what I've said in my life is bachelor's degree has basically just been added on to high school, and it's not special anymore because they mm-hmm. let too many people in and their it's not just their acceptance criteria is too low they don't filter out people that aren't actually going to stick with
2: it well the content is also garbage sometimes like you have all these other things that aren't related to your major so of course they're not going to finish what they put into if you have to spend all these years in uh, I don't know like I took forestry as part of my bachelor's like that's of course not related to anything but I had to do some kind of credit in some kind of category that wasn't related to my field
0: yeah there's a lot of definitely a lot of attrition in that sense
1: I would say just kind of Couple of really random things. I think your bachelor's is being able to get a certain score on a final. A master's allows you to write the final and an acceptable okay. version of it. And then a doctorate would be to challenge the formal way of writing it. Okay. Chal- challenge I can see the that. very Chal- structure of writing challenge, the first Challenge the final. Okay.
2: okay. So, so, like so I
0: Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick second to ask you to give us a shout out on social media. Every share makes a pretty big difference. And as always, don't forget to rate and or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thanks again. Back to the episode. the very structure of writing challenge the the final okay so 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 i I, I completely
2: understand where you're going with that and um makes sense yeah um i could see that because so like at ivy league schools often what you see is um as as a bachelor's uh, when you're under your undergrad going for your undergrad you're not you don't actually learn from them you learn from the people who have are going for their master's degree and are the the ta's or the um um, what do they call them? I know people working on the PI, but yes, I know what you're talking about. And, and then yes. they're learning in when they're going for their masters right. from the people with doctorates, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. So what you're saying is it's a pyramid scheme?
2: <laughs> I didn't say that at all. I'll say that. <laughs> um, so yeah. what I so one of my professors at NEU, one of my mentors, really, um, he's described as like so in as an undergrad, like you learn the basics of a field. Right. In my case, sociology. In um, yours? Uh, biomedical engineering. And in yours, web design, right? More or less. Well, that was the title, right? That it's graphic information for? technology. Graphic but it's, it's information like three different things about. combined.
0: It's, a, it's a bullshit degree He's a Git expert. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm a source control expert, even <laughs> though I don't learn source control at all in that degree program. That's funny.
2: <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah.
0: Um, for those who don't understand what I'm talking about, Git is the name <laughs> for a source control program, which you use as a programmer to keep track of your code and version it so you don't break things. Or when you do, you can easily roll back. So any game
2: developers listening, um, try to use it. <laughs> yeah. It is a standard, <laughs> right? I'm not familiar, but I've It's I've a standard it for
0: it. most programming, but for games there's other constraints oh, cool. that make it difficult to use. Yeah,
2: like, so, like a Word document like, okay, so have you made changes on, like, a Google document? Yeah. Um, so, and you can track the history of those changes, right? Right. So that's that's source control, really, really, at the end of the day. But game development and different files aren't fully compatible with Git. So even <laughs> even a Word document isn't, <laughs> yeah. even though Microsoft bought them.
0: So the point, the point being, Git allows you to see the changes on a mm-hmm. granular level between different versions. So you
2: change this sentence in your thesis statement.
0: Yeah. So it's perfect for programming that relies on basically plain text files. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a piece of JavaScript, it's basically a plain text file.
2: Oh, it's all plain text files.
0: Yeah, with an extension. But you can see like exactly what lines were changed. And exactly how they were changed. And, and that way you can like compare differences, f- fix problems, look back to see when something was changed or why it was changed, so on and so forth. But with game design, you have all these file formats that are not plain text file formats. Yeah. And they're not compatible with Git. And so there's no way to diff changes between two files. So you end up with conflicts that you can't resolve.
2: Yeah. So Makes sense. And so in that case, there probably needs to be a way to do that like with 3D and, you know, the graphic files. So like if you have a low-poly model and then you want to, you know, convert it to a high-poly model, right, and seeing the changes in between that process needs to, there needs to be a way to do that in some way.
0: And and some of the tools these days build their own diff tools. So like Unreal Engine has blueprints which is a visual scripting system and they have a diff tool built into it
2: i didn't know they had i, I know of the visual scripting which is very common in game design mm-hmm. um which is funny because like i'm very much against like teaching kids you to use scratch which <laughs> yeah to program but um, <laughs> but um i didn't know they had a gift diff, a diffing tool in that too
0: yeah and that's that's obviously proprietary and i don't know how well it integrates with git I know they use Perforce by default. That's their uh, the hmm. one they recommend. But anyways, this is is very esoteric.
1: So, so in gaming, it sounds like source control management is compartmentalized by application.
0: Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. you have to use different tools. Different tool, yeah. Um, yeah. You still use source control because it's you don't not use it.
2: And and the great thing about it is that like so before source control was a thing, people would just zip everything up. And then just have different zip files for different versions. Yeah. And some people still do this. Yes. Not just in game design, unfortunately. Um, so my the instructor that taught before me did a lot of that too. Oh, Jesus. You said it, not me. Um, <laughs> I won't get you fired. <laughs> I promise. Oh, no. Um, he... Mm-hmm. That guy did a good job on that on his own. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is why I had my students, like, I slacked out before the first day, like, hey, um, show up in the student, I'll give you extra credit. which is just professionalism points. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't tell them that. <laughs> to, like, and be, have a talk about, like, hey, the people who showed up, you may... Uh, if you all have equal coding skills, people who dressed up today may have actually gotten hired. True. The bad part about that was my first hour only had
1: one person. <laughs> only one person. <laughs> <Yeah. did. laughs> you can't make the point. Um, where, but best practices. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Thing, Just so.
2: interviewing soft skills or I'm sorry, I guess they're called professionalism skills now, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, my second hour I had like I think like almost half of the students do that. Nice. so th- that was cool. Um,
0: it's probably realistically it's probably hard for them to change for the first mm-hmm. hour
2: because they're coming from their home. No, actually they weren't at that time. Their they're main school didn't start. From school? Not then. We start early. We have eleven months, actually. Okay. So
0: yeah. Oh, so you start before the school year starts. We
2: start before, and I, th- um, I'm not. When is, when does the school year actually end? For mostly like May, May, usually early May. I think we go to June. Okay, uh, May, start, no, May, May like, or June.
0: Start in July then.
2: Yeah. Okay. I think something hmm. like that. We have a month off. Got okay. It.
0: So uh, let's circle back to the college and, discussion. Um,
1: and by the way, the whole like students staying in longer than four years that's coming from a very personal like niche um perspective like engineers requiring more than four years and not having a scholarship for their fifth sixth year kind yeah
0: of thing. Oh, there's that too yeah so i mean that. i've i've been in longer than four years through my own faults same um yeah. And I came in with AP credits, <laughs> so it's even worse. That's right. I was it's- a
2: semester ahead, and I graduated a semester behind.
0: I was I was a semester and a half ahead, and I will I still technically haven't graduated. So you can't like... You don't count that, like though, because you, you, you haven't been participating. No, no, I'm not counting this time, but like if I do the math as if I were full-time, I would be graduating two semesters behind, I think. Oh, wow. Maybe even three. But that's that's my that's my fault. I didn't treat it seriously. Well, you're working too. You know. Yeah. Well, no, this no, was before that. He's
1: like, saying with that adjustment, you lost f- you lost two years potentially. Yeah.
0: Some of that was indecision. Some of it was taking some classes that I didn't need to take. I just wanted. You to also take was it maybe the curriculum
2: being too broad? Was it what the curriculum being too broad? You said that your yeah, that title totally was, was like it. three different areas, really.
0: Yeah. He changed. You changed they, too. They have taken. I changed, but I changed after one semester. And oh, I only realistically lost. I changed more
2: than that. <laughs>
0: I think I only realistically lost one class in That's that not transition. That small gap. Maybe two, one. But then there was also a couple honors classes like human event. I didn't stick with honors, so those were wasted too.
2: Well, honors always is. Yeah,
0: that I agree. 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a big problem for me with the degree was it. they have broadened the GIT degree in order to have enough students to justify its existence. (laughs) It doesn't focus on one particular area. And I mean, we got down to it. Like by the time I actually got to the 400 level web design, web development classes, front end development classes, they're teaching like JavaScript and some jQuery um, and just basic stuff. Like none of no package managers. uh, Oh God. none, None of the tools that you actually use. Just See, the basic packet language managers itself.
2: in this day and age are essential, not just because like, of ES6 and everything, but just because most software does some kind of packet manager compiling.
0: Yeah, and it relies on other packages to, to build your, your product. But anyways, once wow. I got to those classes, I was generally more knowledgeable than my professor at that
2: uh, point. I'm not surprised. I, I'm not at all surprised.
0: But that said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to really circle it back for students to figure out a little bit of who they are and what they want to do in their first year in college because of the way it's set up that you have to take a lot of gen ed credits anyway.
2: But should that should that be on their dime or worse, their parents?
0: No. I mean, it should have been taught to them in high school, ideally. Exactly. But it's but, also uh, difficult, though, because I'm, I am going to present something else, so... We gotta work with what we got.
1: Yeah, forgive me, because this is gonna come off potentially very ignorant, but I would imagine that we live in a day and age now, and this is like becoming incrementally more of a problem and a and a benefit or a privilege where we have the opportunity to explore so many things and we have so much exposure at a young age. Like there was so much like
0: the, the problem, by there the was, way, there
1: were so many subject matters that were unknown to me, but I had at least the nominal information of what they were to True. consider pursuing them and the fear of missing out. So yes. the opportunity cost seemed greater with the decision at 17, 18 years old mm-hmm. versus saying, oh, I'm 18. I should go to college. My dad did this. He did all right. My grandfather did this. He did all right. that 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 was like a traditionalist like yeah. justification for going yeah. to college think, before that's I not think a thing anymore
0: it's fair to say that the choice of deciding what you want to do is exponentially more complicated today and so that's another and that reason why and, it's and hard be, to even imagine someone making that decision and in that high school
1: and that won't be resolved within a year or two let me ask you guys it this. won't be so it, well not fully anyway not not you know? sorry not fully
2: When people pay for college, let me ask you this. Are they really paying for the education or the social experience?
1: I think... You're paying for
0: both, but primarily the No, no.
1: If
2: you only had to pick
1: one. You're consciously okay. I think the average student is consciously okay with paying for the education with the uncertainty of getting the return.
0: In order Uh, to get the social experience.
1: And I think the byproduct... That no student is guilty of wanting to have would be the social experience. So I right, think it's right. a second. I think it's a second order. I, th- I do think education is still the first order. Um, I could be wrong. I think it's very irresponsible for a student who doesn't pay for his or her like education and, and conditions and co- or living situation to like want to go just for the social experience.
0: But it does, mm-hmm. it does happen.
1: It does happen, but I don't think it's... It happens I, quite a bit. The reason
2: you're, you I asked the question, right. as I did... A lot of people go to college because was, their
0: friends are going to college. Yes. so That's a good point.
2: So the reason I asked the question how I asked it was because I think that through media, the expectations of college have shifted. You know, like it's not just an educational environment. In fact, it's primarily a social environment nowadays. And yeah. this is probably in some way, not all of it, but in one way, the problem with higher education, um, you know, what was that movie? Um, not American pie. The other one, the Vander,
0: what? Oh, Vanderpump rules. Or something yeah. Like, like that there? kind
2: of, that kind of a
0: oh, Van m- Wilder.
2: Yeah. Van Wilder. Th- those kind of like fun movies to watch, but like, before that, how much do you see like colleges as just an environment to be social, to party, to, to mess around with, as opposed to being, hey, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to not just learn something, but what I'm learning is preparing me for a career,
0: right? Okay, so uh, let me double down then on this. Should we accept what has become the status <clears throat> quo and reinvest in it? Or should we try to change it? And what I mean by that is college has effectively become an extension of high school for a lot of people. There are pros and cons to that. I think, to Alex's point previously, it's pretty fair to expect people to take longer to actually figure out what they want to do in life these days. Because there are so many options available, and you really need a lot of time to try a lot of different things. And I think there is... A very reasonable argument to be made that investing in that in our young people will produce a more resilient stronger generation that's more well-rounded in the best ways and then ultimately makes the decision that's best for them and pursues it i think there's a very reasonable argument to make that that's actually really good for society how many
1: sorry i'm another tangent but Couple of questions I'm gonna ask. And you know, we don't have to like answer. Oh, so them. I
0: ask a question. You just do a tangent. Sorry, but it's
1: all, no, it's on yeah. tangent. I'm tangent. sorry. It's <laughs> it's it's on the subject. Um, it's just a little little on a tangent. So I'm wondering how many students are satisfied with the college they're attending. Their freshman year do I mean, you
2: mean satisfied with their education no, or their... they don't even know it
1: right all right that's so, a justified tangent okay here's why because i do think that part of part of like the college selection would be the intent to go to college so it's like are you picking a college that's convenient? Are you picking a college that's local? Are you picking something to justify you living on your own away hmm. from your parents? Do you actually have any stock in the curriculum you're pursuing and have enough research to back your decision to choose a specific college? I will say that, like, based off of who I've talked to, I talked to a lot of students. Because with ASU. You know, is a huge campus. Like, 99.9% of people said they were in college for jobs.
0: Not for the specific... But you were in engineering.
1: Because it was considered a safe staple to earn.
0: I know I'm just saying that your that percentage is going to be higher no, no, no. because I mean,
1: of where you were at. I will disagree with you and then immediately agree with you. Uh, my sample that, size so, did not so, constitute general yeah, engineers, but Barrett like, students. Did you write students. it down? Okay, did
2: you write it down each response and all that? No, but I do have that that was kind of my whole degree. <laughs> I have yeah. I, I have I have pride in survey my survey response yes. survey methods and everything is yes. kind of my class. methods are
1: questionable, but at the end of the day, I don't question everything I do. I will say that like from like it's anecdotal, I will say that like I wouldn't be surprised if the average student was satisfied or, j- or just went to college because they thought that's how you get a decent job. job. That's it.
0: There's no, no
2: dimension. I think that's fair. I think, fair. I, I totally think that right. society is still th- teaches all of us that, that we should go to college to get a job. And um so this is, I'm going to cycle this back to CTE. Um, so the whole, so CTE stands for career and technical education, right? So it's not just coding that WestMec or EVIT or these other CTED schools do. Um, They also do things like teaching people to be auto mechanics. Um, Trades often is where it kind of starts from. Actually, I didn't know this until I was hired at all. Um, CTE goes way back, like depression era, like really, it has a long history actually. Um, and, and I'm not going to go, I'm not, I just had an overview on that. And so I don't know it very well. So I'll move away from that. Just letting people know that, yeah, it has a really rich history. Um, and so like we have, IT as a different program too, right? Um, we have, so that's more servers, networking kind of stuff. They don't code. Um, then we also have um avionics and so like the electronics of aviation equipment and all that and then we actually have aviation where uh, maintenance where they actually repair planes you saw those you mm-hmm. know you went through the whole uh hangar of all those cool yeah. planes right um the machines were probably running too right
0: uh, i don't remember
2: um i think they might have but um and it depends on the day i don't go there That's it wasn't a super building. noisy it can be. <laughs> okay. Um, and then they have like uh welding. Um they have um uh precision machining and even law enforcement too. Um that one's interesting because they can't go into law enforcement as an officer until they're twenty one. Mm. So it's more about certifications for I don't know, security guards or other things, right? Interesting. Um, Bouncers. <laughs> pretty, yeah, actually, yeah. I L- could legitimately, see that. yeah um and then um in like precision machining is you know like using mills using um um a cnc machine you programming it too with g code um learning how to do 3d design for 3d printing um so these are really really all cool technical things and these are high schoolers learning all this stuff which is awesome It's also cool because I have, like, a background in a lot of these different areas because I can weld. (laughs) I can do blowtorch. I can use TIG welding. I can do arc welding. I Uh, do not know that about you. (laughs) Well, well, I sold art, too, in in college. Like, starting off with small wire sculptures and, like, larger pieces, Hmm. welding them all together. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Just networking, like you guys were saying. You know know some people, and... eh, sometimes they want to clear your bedroom (laughs) it would give you money for it yeah um but um yeah and you know i worked out of a co-working space out of gangplank if you heard of them i've heard um right next to pegioto huh
1: and chandler yeah 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 yeah. from that one actually yeah
2: Yeah. um for a while and it's so different now and i'm not gonna go into that because that's a huge story but um but, you know, I le- learned a little about 3D design there and some stuff like that. I'm awful at it. I learned not to pursue that <laughs> and do web design instead. Um, and then, like, I c- can do I know a good amount of plain stuff, too. <laughs> okay. But it, it's nice. The point on CTEd is, like, I think that that should be the area in an ideal world, right? And that's ideal worlds never exist. But in an ideal world, everyone should have the opportunity, like, to explore what they want to do for a career. Like you were saying, Alex, in the first year of college, but that should be done in high school. You know, that shouldn't be done at our parents' time. That shouldn't be done at our taxpayer time for higher education, which is just throwing it all down the drain for these, you know, public slash private housing weird things. You know, it, it... I think CTE solves so many different solutions. It's not the ending point, right? But it, it I think, it's a good starting point. And what's really interesting that um, about um, CTE also is that it's not just for high schoolers. Um, so we do have adult programs too. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about that too. And it's not just some boring curriculum with you know useless electives and all this, right? It's, they, they do pay, f- the adults are paid. It's not a hundred percent free, like for the high schoolers. Yeah. Um, but it's way cheaper than, it might be the same as community college or it's comparable. Maybe in some cases cheaper.
0: Well, and community college uh, just illustrates the fact that university does not deserve to be as expensive as it is. Yes. Community colleges can operate Oftentimes, pretty high-quality education programs. Absolutely.
1: Debatably better, too. In some some cases, better.
0: I've I've heard that, particularly in Maricopa, the community colleges generally have better professors and better quality education than ASU and uh, U of A.
2: One thing that I would be really curious about in terms of addressing curriculum... Um, especially from technical standpoints, like for coding or for graphic design, even precision machining, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is how does the curriculum development process differ from a university to a community college to somewhere like at Westmec, where it's pretty open actually? Um, we There's a process that we have to go through and scope a sequence and we have to vet it through industry. People on our advisory councils and this and that. It has to meet state standards and all that, but that's all. Oh no. It's not as hard as it might sound. (laughs) Do we vet anything through industry?
1: (laughs) Industry standards slash consultation. I'd be surprised if the Bob Medical School ASU did anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure they have <laughs> like, to. I'm nobody sure got a job after college. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Why does that program exist?
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, so. It's like having a degree call and it just says YouTuber on it. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be an interesting if colleges had to hire consultants to do industry verification. Of to be curriculum. honest,
1: for some reason, I thought that was the case because like I didn't have this education. Um, it definitely should be. And in case. high school, someone had told yeah. me something about Intel being like very, very intimate with ASU. Well, and so I thought that was like a, like a common thing across the,
0: Board. What often happens is companies partner with universities for hiring purposes, just right. for, hi- for but, hiring purposes. But that doesn't necessarily, you know, extend a curriculum. It doesn't into curriculum. Be. I would think so because they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot
1: uh, if they're invested in the hiring. Yes, and
0: they're, if they're invested in hiring without any so of the stuff before, yeah, I, I forget, it's, just,
1: it's just unnecessary risk.
2: Yeah. I forget for which company or which Ivy League school, but one of the Ivy League schools they teach um. Have you heard of OCaml?
0: OCaml, yeah,
2: I've never used it. It's 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 a programming language, and it's it's a proprietary one by a company. Um, and I know they partner with the university, and they teach curriculum around that too. Interesting. Yeah, I for, I think it's Stanford. It might be. I could see it. It might be MIT though. I I think it's an I, I East Coast Ivy League though. Okay. So, which yeah.
0: I, So, I mean, I'm sure it happens because I'm sure there are industry partnerships to, like, place an employee as a professor temporarily sometimes. You know, I'm sure that happens.
2: But, like, in that case, like, it's a feeding school to corporate, which isn't necessarily a bad
0: thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think what's what's interesting is how do you balance the technical straight to corporate, prepare for job Mm -hmm. type setting with, I want to develop myself as a person, learn more about the world, become a better educated citizen, not necessarily for a job, but for the betterment of myself and ultimately for society as a whole. Cause right now college kind of has to do both of those things. Yeah. And I think there is a reasonable argument to make that those should be separated.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's feeling it both. Like I've, I've learned more about my responsibilities absolutely. as a citizen in a corporate setting. And I have tons of gripes about corporate America. Isn't that weird?
0: Well, but I mean... Uh, no, but you don't... Have, you're, you're right. I've had a right. lot of
1: individual growth.
0: But I mean I mean in the sense of like...
1: No, I understand Trying,
0: trying different things, rounding yourself out a little bit, yeah. learning about history. It's a, lot of, th- it's a lot of theory. Culture. And, yeah,
1: theory, history, and... Versus just, just. I think that
0: stuff is generally undervalued
1: in society. Right. Unfortunately, I think universities are are great mediums for cultivating professors. <laughs> no,
2: so, I'm no, seri- no. That's dude. an excellent description, and it's. It, I think you nailed so you really it in so many ways. you think it's a pyramid
0: scheme then? Huh.
1: Yeah, I think it's multi level marketing. Okay, I, I wouldn't go <laughs> no, kidding, that I'm
2: far. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but what about I single that, level marketing? <laughs> I think that he's right in that, and so this is why I didn't go. So I took grad courses as an undergrad. I didn't go to grad school because I, I immediately noticed that like oh so the there are some people that just their whole degrees revolve around like okay if you're a psychologist, right? You you all have heard of Freud, right? Like most people even non-psychology majors have, right? Mm-hmm. So but, like, he's been largely discredited as a psychologist. Yeah. But then there are still professors whose entire subject matter expertness <laughs> revolves around Freudian theory. Wait, hold on. So how are you relevant as a professor now? Not not as a mean thing to ask, but as... Um,
0: Just a realistic thing,
2: right? Like, so why aren't you? And rather than getting offended on that, and two percent of of
1: people coming out of that will take the x amount of weeks of diving into, you know, Freudian concepts as a very very practical cornerstone mm -hmm. of assessing the evolution of the science of psychology and right. and using that as motivation to further investigate psychology because that becomes right passion. And that's excellent but the other 98 percent waste ram space with that with yeah. f- that f- <laughs> well <No.
2: laughs> i mean so like i took psychology and sociology and i didn't know which one i was gonna switch i was originally a history major and so i bring that up as because like i'd, I'd go into my forget which order i think it was like i went to psych 101 and i had And the first part of it, because there were two teachers in it, and the first teacher was like, oh, Freud was a genius. Pichet was a genius, blah, 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 right? I'd go into my sociology class of 101, and they'd be like, no, they were dumbass. No, they were bipolar. (laughs) And they're just a lot more critical about it. And I was like, and they'd tell you why, too, right? And so this is still kind of valid. We still use this, like the the ego super ego these are great metaphors right but they're not great ways to you know you don't want all of your therapy around all types of therapy on this you don't want group therapy you don't want this this it's like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i
1: mean you might like you like you might like um like mirror's edge i haven't played that i haven't either but just to, just to Trigger Millen... trigger just for me. As, <laughs> a, this is what I do. As a video game, right? And you love the world. You love the... the you Did know, you just, hate that game? No, I no, love it. No, he loves it. It's my his favorite, favorite game. game yeah. yeah, so you love the overall design, theory behind design, proof of concept, et cetera. That's it, a dice game. Very, very few people would actually...
0: Back when dice was good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very, rolling the dice. <laughs> rolling the dice. Wow. Very few people, I think, would actually see immediate, not immediate. Very few people would actually love the game more or go from being indifferent about the game to loving the game if you had those people play a series of games that ended up being pieces of inspiration versus if you have the package you like Mirror's Edge and you become or not, Mirror's Edge is not even a good example any MOBA, any like incredibly I technical game with, with a competitive space uh-huh. you can become highly technical and competent in that space without the history and the history, the history might actually give you no return that's my problem
0: I think I think it's not a perfect anal- analogy. It's not perfect. I don't know. It's Mirrors not perfect. So I'm going No, it's lost. not. Per- it's not perfect. Well, he's he's saying games in general. You take any game, um, and you break it down to the history of the games that innovated the various things that led yes. to this game you're playing now. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. saying knowing the history of that doesn't really help you in terms of being really good at the game that exists today.
1: No, not even not even help you. It can help you. It can get you from being indifferent or just liking the game to loving it but i think for the vast majority of people it won't do much for you
2: well there is a term in education called spiral learning which actually is that
0: okay i think i think when it comes to education it's not quite as stark as a, as a say a competitive game if you will mirror's edge is not a good example for a competitive game i'm also bringing this like, up because I'm, I'm trying
1: to tie this to industry influence and consultation and restructuring of curriculums and yeah. technical space. So you'd say, this is, these are the concepts that are relevant to the science of now and immediate application. How can you tailor, you know, a four year program or whatever, if you will, like to ensure that these students not only come out of college, not regretting their degree, loving the space that they're in being armed for a job but not feeling like they also missed out on something being maybe the theory and the, if it's relevant, like, or maybe there's some additional body or space of education that like, is that like, Oh, it's not just about mirror's edge. It's everything that went into it. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to investigate that in my head right now. I'm talking, I'm going back to the whole like Mm -hmm. industry influence, getting these people like ready for the world in Uh four years what could we like? What fat could we cut out, and is it actually fat? Do you know what I mean? I'm I think
0: I think there's a lot in my experience in college. You could teach most of the classes I took in about half to a quarter of the time it took to teach them. Uh. In my experience, now it wouldn't. If you did that, it wouldn't. It would no longer. How be long, How much would you remember? Though. Whatever I needed to remember. I think if you speed it up, you condense it, you actually keep stuff longer because you don't have to remember it over a longer period of time. You Reten- remember it over so a shorter period of retention with that rates.
2: that is not just retention, but the difference between, at that point you're dealing with the difference potentially between knowledge and information.
0: Okay, I, I'm. I'm just saying this is my experience, mm-hmm. and I don't think my degree is a very representative degree necessarily, particularly when it comes to technical degrees. Because I'm in the engineering school, but this is not. It's not a deep degree. It's a wide degree, and I think that, I think that hurts it for its purpose, because it doesn't have a purpose. Um, same here, but biomedical. Yeah, and biomedical has was, the same, very same wide. issue. Yep. Versus like an electrical engineering degree is very honed in. Yes. Yeah. Um. I think there's, again, I think the key question is how do you balance the w- wanting to have people who are well-rounded for the sake of themselves and wanting people to be able to pursue something and pursue it deeply and gain knowledge in it. So
2: I think that's an excellent point. And so I was talking to someone on my advisory council at West Bank. And I was, and he was talking about how, like, so there's three new instructors. I am one of those. So the last two teachers on my campus are not there. One was fired. One just is still with us, just not as a teacher. He's doing professional development. Um, so he just moved to a different area. Right. Um, and so me and my coworker, Mr. Peck, um, he does year one, I do year two. And then on top of that, they expanded to a different campus where they're doing year one with again, a new instructor. And so in talking to my, this, um, someone on my advisory council, he was like, you know, I think there's a bit of an identity crisis that's going on, not just for that, but for other reasons. And we were talking about this for say like an hour. And one of the things I was kind of talking about was like, so what do you do? What, what, we need to address, like, what are, for our next advisory council meeting, what is going to be the outcome? And where do we want our students, what do we want them to achieve, you know? Because our program, most programs at Westmec have are more, like, career-driven, as in that they go more into the field proportionally. We have over ninety percent that either go to college or directly get a job. By the way, which is really amazing. Yes, for all that's all across all programs, um, but again, that considering who's coming here, people who typically have either dual credit or coming here for dual credit as well, right, or for technical education. Um, but then the question we were talking about is like, so are we training specialists or generalists? And to what degree on either end?
0: Yeah, it's a... uh, Yeah, I think that's basically the same question. I agree.
1: It is. Specialty... um, I mean, depending on the field, specialty will have its own industry-related advantages for students Mm -hmm. that just graduate and come out of college. And neither are bad, but they both have their own advantages. Yes. Generalism um, will definitely be distilled to one's ability to learn. I th- I this is going to sound crazy, but I do believe that that a general curriculum will be the value of a general curriculum will be more tied, this is just my opinion, to a, gra- a recent graduate's overall GPA versus mm-hmm. specialty. And then I also think that a general curriculum will be more easily transferable and less gated by gaps for further education. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I, it'd be cool in a perfect world to say, okay, I'm going to do biomedical engineering or whatever. And, and like, some of the students, what is that? Exactly. (laughs) Some students end up saying, I'm going to take this route for their undergrad. And it's like route A and it's more linear. And it's because gore. Medtronic, Stryker, all bid in on this structure. And it's like cut out for like the instrumentation side. And then if you want like a more general biomedical engineering, you could do that. It, it's, it's a little less less flexible. It's, it encompasses at least 80% of that and more, and there's more theory behind it. It's more general, it's, 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 it has its own purpose in that if you wanted to go to grad school, Maybe there's like a, like a comprehensive or like an aptitude, not an aptitude, Sorry, comprehensive test that gates that at the school, and it's literally tied to the the college itself. It's like, okay, I want to pursue a master's in biomedical engineering at ASU. I have to take a specific class or a specific test and score a minimum score to actually be accepted by the college. And the general route would prep you better for that test but it would it would make you potentially not look as appealing on paper as students who took the specific less general route i'm not even advocating this i'm just trying to think of like an example of like how this would all be parsed out do you know what i'm saying Does that make
0: sense yeah it sounds like you just have different classes of course of course this isn't this is is
1: feasible like i'm literally telling a school to like dilute itself and like break out its resources to another degree there's no way but i'm just saying like hypothetically that'd be cool if that was possible kind of thing
0: Mm -hmm. i think to to build on what we were saying earlier how much of this is even possible to do in high school
2: yeah that's a that's a great question
0: (laughs) because i think we can all agree that high school should be doing some of this but how much can we even realistically fit because you already have to yeah. do a lot in high school.
1: Resources plus plus we have to recognize the burden. Um it's not just, just
0: resources. I mean, yes, there's going to be a a plus minus. If you add, you got to remove something right. from high school because yep. it's already pretty full.
1: I'm also saying though, that that this puts the burden on the on the students, you know, on the on the on the parents because um I will say that like, you know, at least for me early in college like I didn't take my, I didn't take my path as seriously, right? Uh-huh. In high school, I feel like opting out of incorporating something like EVIT or, you know, these additional resources into, like, my schedule would be, like, would be easily done. See, Do you know what I'm saying? If I'm 15, I'd be like, you know what? I could get this exposure, but I really doesn't don't know what it's going to mean in seven years. I'm just going to go play basketball. Like, I could see a lot of that happen.
0: Exactly. You're now, talking I'm, about kids, with you. Right? I know. I'm you agreeing
1: know? with you. I'm just trying to, like, articulate it. So, but, yeah.
2: I have a question, too. Um, And this goes back to not just the generalist versus specialist, but way back when we started about education kind of, like, failing, right? Uh-huh. Um, is... And like providing opportunities. So my question for both of you is um, a, I think I might have to, so let's start with the first one is, do you think that culturally that the message for, okay, we, we probably all agree that the message that we're told culturally and taught culturally is that you should go to college to get a job, right? So
0: yes, that's certainly the yep. cultural. So
2: that's, that's, that's the expectation, Right. Now, my first question is, um, the real question, I, I guess, right, is, uh, <laughs> how should I think? think um, do you think that implicitly there, that message is saying you go to college to specialize in something that helps you get in a job?
0: I think so. Um, I think it highly depends on the family you're talking about, but I think. Uh, if they're wanting their kids to go to sh- doctor, it should be more common knowledge
1: than what it is. It's like it's I, common knowledge, but it's not universal knowledge. I, th- I
0: think the best way to put it is that's the intent. Yes. Except that parents don't necessarily know that. If your kid does history, it's the lack not of going to the
1: lack of it. efficacy in whatever percentage of 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 curriculum is available, the fact that like you to your point, it's like I don't think parents know just how screwed their student is if he or exactly. she. Or sorry, their kid there's, is if he or she pursues this. There's a this.
0: false equivalency between a history degree and a computer science degree. Among parents, and it's, is it's what a, I'm getting. At. And it's a number yeah. of th- it's a number so, of like, things. Their intent is exactly what you're saying. I want my child to go here so they can get a get good job. education to get a good job. That's what they want. They just don't realize that the good education that gets a good job is only the specific pieces of university and not all of it.
2: Do you think universities today, in bringing this back to you know, bachelor's, master's, doctorate kind of talk that we were having, do you think universities today are trying? Overall, across different areas to provide students a specialized education?
0: No. Definitely not.
1: No.
2: So then are they lying to all their parents?
0: Yes. I think yes. as as <laughs> long as as long as the presidents of colleges are making seven figure salaries, they will continue to are say they really? whatever they have to say in order to get more students to go to their school. Wow. Which again I, universities I this, are,
1: are cultivating potential professors i
0: yes it's, yeah. a, 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 it's, again it's the it's right well, books that students that, have to pay
2: hundreds and sometimes thousands for the drop the mic <laughs>
0: i think yeah one of the big one of the big things with college right now is there's a prestige war going on yes because too many people go to college that aren't ready and too many people graduate because the standards aren't high enough so a bachelor's degree is not by itself special anymore And so colleges feel they have to make their degree special somehow in order to do that. They chase prestige, prestige being high quality teachers, high quality cultural events, high quality sporting teams, which ultimately do increase the value of your degree, believe it or not. Because you have more Outreach. alumni, more networking. So my degree so is useless so because
2: the lumberjacks cannot play a game.
0: Well, they're just not helping you out. <laughs> um, like if you're expensive. I mean if we had competitive tree chopping,
2: I think forestry might like do a good job. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Expensive uh <laughs> expensive research departments, right? You know, high profile developments, they're chasing that. Yeah, and right. that is that's in my opinion, that's the main thing that's driven costs up. Is you have schools chasing these various prestige items that are all expensive yeah there's no such thing as cheap prestige in this world it doesn't happen because they don't build prestige on a quality education anymore for some reason unless you have the eminence
1: Mm. so i don't think an ivy league university needs to needs to participate in the juice But they still See, no, do. I,
2: I think they do actually because so le- like let's take computer programming like um, so <laughs> Ivy League schools are still equally failing their students to provide them education so like they might be do a good job on prepping people to learn OCAM or something that they have a company partner with right um, they might do a good job getting them hired because they have the prestige already the historical proceeds that'll never go away. They see the Harvard application on the resume and they're they're more inclined to call that person right mm-hmm. Un- unfortunately. but then when you look at the curriculum like it's just I, I've seen honestly I think <laughs> this is my bias. I think Westmeck has better curriculum than Stanford in some ways just because I mean it's but possible. it goes back to that but we're more web generalist. Whereas they are I'd more say computer they, science, they have more specialized
0: of the, more of the higher end
2: and low level programming, and, and they do yeah. it really well. And they're better at that first, sure.
0: And so, like what I'm getting at here is, for some reason, colleges are chasing prestige as a means of making their degrees more valuable, and therefore making marketing their graduates more valuable. instead of pursuing a higher quality education, because yeah. it's hard. It's a. It's harder to prove that. It's a long-term play, and I think that ties into a larger societal problem of people just chase short-term stuff. Oh, part of it, another, yeah. like, well, another part I'll, of college I'll though is that,
1: that another part of college that the quality of education is also put on the on the student. And so, if you you can you can sport a, a you know higher education, or you can chase high-profile and attract
0: attract higher quality more students? ambitious students. That's that, a good point. That
1: then drive point. your school.
0: Yeah. That's a good ASU, there, ASU did a correlative that. with correlative
1: factor. ASU did that with Barrett. It You're was right. just to bring Higher Barrett doesn't mean students. anything, but it, they brought all of these merit students with the opening. And then they advertised that the yeah. same year. I'm not saying merit students are special, but I'm saying there's I'm sure there's some kind They're of correlation above average, there. You know? Yes. So
0: That's a good point. I'm not
1: agreeing with it. I'm just saying hey, a good like, point. it's out there. So I, I pers- I'm not personally I'm not as aware of that.
0: Well, personally, I think that a lot of this comes down to the administration makes too much money and they are too personally invested in this one way or another. That's fair. And that I think some of the expectations put on them are around prestige and especially with like alumni fundraising. Like it's easier to raise money from alumni if your school is really awesome. Like if it has all these (laughs) really cool things going on, it's easier for them to to justify donating to that.
1: Oh, get to get engagement because it's
0: marketing. And then that money goes back into the programs. It goes back in the prestige. And meanwhile, the administration is making an absurd amount of money along the way. Not just the president, but all the deans, all the, you know, uh, heads of marketing departments, you know, that whole, that, that whole section of college. Like it used to be the, the ratio of administrators to educators has radically changed in college. Over the last twenty to thirty years, I didn't even years. think about. That. I didn't know that it used to be. I don't. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that it's it's insane the difference. I think it went from like four. I need to look it up, but I think it went from like four to one educators to administrators to like one to one.
1: I was gonna. I was gonna say Jeez. one to one is a joke. I don't believe that. By the way, there's no I'm way.
0: Google it real quick. Okay. Yeah. There is say.
1: no way. That's that's <laughs> a joke. I was gonna say that just to be funny. There's no way.
0: Okay, let's see. Let
2: me ask you this as he's Googling it. Um, what do you think of professors or any teachers that um, write books, right, and and publish them and assign that to their students?
0: It should be required for the books to be free for the students. I,
1: I would say the same thing. Free? Free 99? Is it? I, I don't think so and i th- and I, I believe i've i believe i've been in that situation at ac once i think so and no i don't believe it was free how much i think 110 so you paid thousands
2: of dollars for that course and another 110 yeah. directly had, towards that i had Were a they few... a good teacher Uh, i can see your face on this (laughs) they can't but uh yeah not 110
1: dollars worth of
2: (laughs) it's not a book you would have bought for you know some light sunday
1: reading exactly plus (laughs) like i didn't take you know what i had to distill out of that book with me beyond the class do you
2: still have that 110 ten dollar book exactly no See, I have a lot of my textbooks. That's still. awesome. And I still read them. <laughs> They're like my Bibles.
0: <laughs> I'm reading through an article to see if I can find a figure here. The um, But I have experienced that a few times with professors. At I forget if I
2: did. Um, it happened, I might have had it once. It
1: happened for, for me at least once for a biomedical class. I don't remember if it happened more than once. Yeah.
2: And I think, I think the one, if I did, I think I did have it free, but I I don't remember. Not, not a lot of my teachers wrote books. Um, but I did like read their thesis papers too. Um, because I was really involved with my teachers, you
1: know, in college.
0: You guys are gonna have to keep filling time. I'm still reading.
1: Well, to be honest, I think that's, that's very, very smart of you. To do that. Um, I think you're maximizing what you get out of the college experience while also just keeping the opportunity. Well, it also up.
2: scared me out of grad school because I guess <laughs> one of my favorite teachers' okay, here, thesis here. was like a hundred something
1: pages. Yeah. Like, my God. Right. I have to do that. Some of the, some of the dissertations a, I saw too were like wh- ridiculous books.
0: And- here, here's, here's a figure the ratio of non academic employees to faculty uh, is now two. Non academic employees at public universities and two and a half at private universities for every one full time tenure track member of the faculty.
2: So it's higher than Alex was saying. That's
0: just full time though. I mean, there's also part time faculty, but that should just give you an idea.
2: Wait, how are they wording it again? Because I, I think I can understand this.
0: Okay non-academic employees
2: which includes people like um like the people who who tell you like what field you they think you should go into
0: like advisors yeah yes includes those um which to, is a good job to every every full-time tenure track member of the faculty
2: tenure tenor, or tenure tenure well okay.
0: full-time basically every full-time professor yeah What
1: about what about the courses that are taught by non-tenure like postdoc I'm, students? I'm
0: stuff. looking for for that figure in here too. That that the proportion of non-tenure educators has gone up over time. I did mention that. It didn't give me an exact number. Or I think it was a I think it was a 2 to 1 ratio of non-tenure to tenured or something like that.
1: That makes sense. That would make sense. I could see that.
0: So, I mean, even if we just took that, if we said a two to one ratio of non-tenured to tenured, so that would be a two to three ratio of non-academic to academic employees. That's close. That's rough math. Something like that. Yeah,
2: but running it, I don't think that that hints to a problem necessarily. Because, like, that, that also includes all of the food workers, which are students often.
0: Um, it, yeah, I'm not sure if they're including that or not. Yeah, yeah, it could
2: potentially. It depends how they break it down, right?
0: But it shouldn't be even close to that.
2: Oh no, like look at think about walking through campus at ASU or even for me at NAU and and in all the common buildings all the employees. like I could see that, you know, and I could see how that could be essential. For day-to-day operation, you have police, you have, like,
1: literally on-campus police. He's right. Like, if we're talking, like, non administrative Well, even- at- Yeah, no, you know what? You're right. I Cause mean- Because it's
2: not necessarily administrative. It's just non-educational.
1: Like, your library. Yeah. Plenty of libraries on campus, right? Markets. Pl-
2: plenty of people working at the libraries. Yeah. Um, all the food sessions. All right. the- I don't know. Uh, the bowling alley. Right. right. Um- that, Any lounging
1: gonna, area, like a computing common, they good. call it, or something. Oh, not even
2: that. Um, but the number of people that manage the dorms,
0: the number of employees at those places are not necessarily that high. Some of them are, True. like kitchens, obviously. Would I know, be high, but lecture, but,
1: but, but lecture rooms aren't going to have many professors. near as many requirements. Require, yeah, because you could have one professor up to required professor up to three hundred plus students, even which more. is insane.
2: Yeah. They should awful. absolutely have like at least four TAs for something that big. Yeah. Like let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, break
1: that out into quadrants. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like at least. Yeah. That's still insane. Like that's a okay. hundred. Here, <laughs> here's, here's another figure. Almost.
0: The number of employees in central system offices has increased sixfold since eighty seven.
2: The one more time?
0: The number of employees in central system offices has increased sixfold since 87. Okay.
2: So that I think is more alarming to your point.
0: Yes. That's what I'm getting at. And the number of administrators in them by a factor of more than 34.
2: Yeah, so
0: Yeah, like that's <laughs> it's just just,
2: just, just faceplant. Yeah, just, it's, it's
0: just... Let's see. I'll let wow. give an example, the central office times. The central office of the California State University system now has a budget bigger than those of three of the system's twenty three campuses. So just wow. the office has a bigger budget than three of their campuses. Wow. That's a problem. That's yeah. nuts. <laughs> so that's I budget versus
2: staff too. Budget. So that's a fair question though too. Yeah. Because so,
0: I mean staff is certainly correlated. Staff to yeah, it. staff But I'll if you bet- have
2: a bunch of like campus administrators that are like Helping the campus admins do their job. That's different too.
0: Well, I also think it's likely that a lot of these administrators make better money than the educators. Certainly that's what I I was,
1: that's what I was extracting from this, but maybe that's not the case. I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's It's just a a statement. It's a a massive
0: increase in bodies, but I think they're also more expensive bodies. And so, In my opinion, this is the... They're expensive bodies. They're not people. Yeah. I think (laughs) this is... uh, Administrators aren't people. What are you talking about? Um, I think this is the primary reason the cost of college has risen so much.
2: I could see that.
0: It's this chasing prestige war, which requires this huge central office, huge administration to coordinate all these different projects, all this marketing, all these new building constructions. All the development of housing. Yeah, all of it. You have to... You have to coordinate all this stuff, and that requires a big central office. Personally, I think that's where the cost has gone up. Primarily. So I, I think because it's not in the education. Class sizes are bigger than ever, the right? and they're paying more and more part-time faculty instead of full-time faculty, which are cheaper. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so
1: so it's so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like increase the budget by increasing the budget so we can manage so the we budget. can lower that we the budget <laughs> to increase <laughs> yeah so that we can <laughs> so that we, we can have too
0: much budget. also yeah. we need to hire people and to then, manage yeah, and and also, that's, that's exactly and, what I'm, and then also we need to cut costs so we're going to do that at the education part of the budget our students you know, don't need that the final service that you're supposed to be delivering to your customers your students don't AKA need AKA Arduinos. Your students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yes absolutely yeah i think this is the this is this is the primary the primary reason it's gone up for sure.
2: I could see that. I, I still think it's reason. multifaceted. I, I can see the procedure area, I can see the admin area, um, and how that well, relates like what else to the other areas, right? Well, like the housing but not only that, like let's think um is it ASU that they require either all freshmen or all students to have a meal card? Because no. think about that—that's that's its own issue. There, because there is, they, a, had,
1: they had
0: some. They they do require all first year students to live on campus, but you can get an exemption, and it's not that hard to. get. Within
1: fifteen mile radius, you could like opt out, or something. There was some kind of like there was an easy requirement for that exemption.
0: Yeah, no, it's easy to be exempt. A like guy did it. Yeah,
1: but um, but the
2: meal card thing—that's a different area because it means like. All the companies that have their shops on campus, they kind of have an interest in that, don't they? You know like, well, but I'm like they kind of profit from that.
0: I'm just talking about the, the raise in tuition, not so much in the supplementary services. Yeah. Like how else can you explain the rise of tuition? Right, especially when yeah. the rise of tuition is not just in public schools. Some a lot of people say it's because funding's being cut for public schools. Like, yes, it has in certain areas, but the cost of tuition has gone up at every school, not just public schools, yeah. by similar factors. Public schools have gone up, but also private schools, nonprofit schools. Those Ivy leagues are far more expensive today than they used to be. The, I think that I think that just adds fuel to the fire. Personally,
2: because this is the next debt bubble.
0: Yeah. Well, and, I think, and it's I hold and the position you can't declare and this, is, bankruptcy. this is this is very uh, antithetical to my left-leaning left-leaning stature, if you will. But I hold the position that I think student loans um, like a lot of conservatives have said have encouraged schools to expand their budgets to use up the money that's available to them through yeah. government-backed loans. 100% I agree with that and unfortunately it's kind of a catch-22 like if you cut those loan availabilities now you'd hurt people hard because it's expensive but if you give in and keep raising it then the costs are just going to go up and that's not sustainable so like at some point you have to draw a line in the sand and say we're not going to go higher than this or i think maybe more effectively like we were getting at earlier student loan whether a school is allowed to utilize federal student loans and federal student aid should be based on performance metrics that the school actually has. Like you were saying earlier, if their first semester dropout rates are above like 25%, they just shouldn't be allowed to use them.
2: So for that, you know, what's crazy, you know, and this, I imagine that this is way worse now, but my freshman year, Maybe a sophomore, but definitely my freshman as well. I remember people being, having, so the dorms are meant for two people. They had four in some cases up to eight in bunk beds. And of course, by the end of the semester, like they're down to two, like, wait, what? yeah <laughs> either because they moved around not necessarily all dropped out to mm-hmm. be fair some had just been moved to other dorms to fill the rooms that had now open spaces from the people who dropped out yeah
0: so i mean as far as controlling the costs of higher education i think probably one of the best ways to do it is um, tying federal funding to observable objective metrics yeah, performance, yeah. KPIs. and if you're School is not achieving them; you don't get funding. You know, it's just like a market. Like if you, if your business sucks, it's not what, delivering a good product. Can, you should go a university
2: business. be able to just, I don't know, abstractly set the cost of the education? What do you mean? Is because like, don't you think that? Okay, you mean if, like, should there be? If someone's going how to college to cost? be a fucking YouTuber. Or, or, you know, to be an actor or celebrity kind of crap, right? These, these let, let's just call it pipe dreams, right? Or, or do, do go into masters of dance in, and, and I don't want to say music because, <laughs> but even music, you know, like shouldn't those be higher, the, these less employable fields, shouldn't the cost of education be higher for those than say engineering or medical school you know th- you just th- these as a are means
0: of of encouraging people to go a certain direction n-
2: not just that just but out of fairness well okay. i think if, if we're, if
1: yeah, we're I trying th- to be i think, fair, th- I think sco- it think should sc- actually be the other way around i think scholarship yeah it's scholarship distribution because you
2: don't need to go to college to learn music Scholar- go on youtube Scho- well, to be
1: to scholarship uh, distribution should be in my opinion a little a little more granular so it's but like
2: scholarships if, are private mostly what about the states? Not necessarily the state scholarships. Yeah, so, so like, like at least in Arizona, there, there there's are pretty extensive Let's just say I get the state you know, scholarships. If I get the
1: Presidential Provost or Aim Scholarship, okay, I do think to your point, it would be interesting to see a reduction in what I'm given if I decide to go learn Chinese.
0: Well, and, uh, <laughs> versus getting the
1: full. Well, that's kind of. I wasn't saying about Chinese. I'm, I'm, like I'm, just, I'm just being Translators like ridiculous. Translators are still a high I'm, demand. I'm being career. ridiculous, but yes, <laughs> but you if know what you're I mean?
0: like if you're um. If you're talking about costs proportionally, like the cost to the school to run a music program is probably actually much less Low, lower than to run a computer costs. science program. But So to be fair in that sense, those degrees should be cheaper. And the, the which has the most industry expensive. demand? Well, that's what I'm saying is you're talking about using it as a means of pushing people in a certain direction, as an incentive. Not
2: even just that, just as a way not to... Indi- Discourage people to f- to be doctors,
0: exactly be as an incentive. That's what I'm yeah. using as an, extent, an incentive.
1: And you're still supporting your school inadvertently. I don't know, like, if the ethics behind it, but I do. Got, I, I kind of like the idea of a STEM tax.
0: A, for these, a for STEM what
2: <laughs> tax? Uh, I don't know how I like. <laughs> I don't. You know, what I'm no, talking eh.
1: about? no, I'm kidding. But like a reduction in <laughs> the scholarship for students that are essentially like pursuing these these de-
2: <laughs> these useless degrees. <laughs>
0: It's just so so fucked 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 up. up, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like all
1: for it. It's so fucked up. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure most
2: parents would be for something like that. You know, like, because they don't want their kids to, they don't want to pay for their kid. No parent wants to pay for their kid's education. If they're just going to study
1: YouTube. Another thing, too, by the way, is on that whole KPI argument that we brought up, ASU could hypothetically, and it's kind of tied back to this argument, hear me out here, ASU could hypothetically thrive on the inflated performance, assuming they just, in, they just increase their um, admission standards and keep the quality of education the same. They would ensure, um, like, like adequate or efficient funding from the state, because they're getting better students that are less inclined to drop out. But if you keep the education and, like, essentially, like the standards of education low, like the retention rates may not drop. And then, and then, if you get like whatever funding due to like this inflation of like performance, if you will, like on paper, you might not feed it back into the quality of education. Well, there
0: is. There is supposed to... There's an accrediting board for colleges. Because there's two... Which there's, is supposed right. to be independent from them. I don't know to what extent it actually is. So in order for this to work, that board would have to be completely independent from colleges and have to assess them objectively on the quality of their curriculum.
1: Yeah, I want to... I, I, I definitely... Yeah. I how to, would they
2: assess the quality yes. of a curriculum if they're not an expert in the curriculum?
1: Well, I'm very curious how they'd that works.
0: Have to They'd have to... Be, I think... It it would make sense for that to at that level be hiring industry consultants. So
2: my advisory board helps approve the curriculum, but they don't necessarily go through all of it.
0: Well, I think you can also Which is a problem because what I evaluate. came on is
2: like the stuff for like React, the last sections and stuff weren't fully built out in a way that would be like even acceptable Accessible. for like a basic introductory like udemy course Uh uh-huh so it was like how was this vetted
0: well it has to be vetted somehow i don't know the answer to the question
2: how it was vetted in this case it sounds like and i could be wrong is like they just trust the instructor as an subject matter quote-unquote expert expert it's like wait wait a wait a second hmm you know what i mean
0: it's putting faith in their hiring process at that point. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm well, saying that in order in order for this to work, there has to be some kind of accreditation that's accurate and removed and is done properly and yeah. it's completely independent and from I the schools. Yes, and I don't I don't really know the specifics of how that I don't would know how be that, done, how but it just it would be works. a requirement. Yeah, I was for curious about that whole like because otherwise it would just so, snowball the same effect that we've had, which is lower ranking standards. That's,
1: that's what I was getting at.
0: Yeah.
2: What, what As a more concrete way, um, so like I just had to learn how to do like actual lesson plans and unit plans, which I never even know about because I didn't go to school for education, mm. right? I'm a sociology manager. I didn't even go to school for this field. I learned that and just worked in the field and I got hired as an industry expert, right? So potentially the same problems can arise. But one way to answer the question of how I think is requiring lesson plans or unit plans for everything that you're proposing for the curriculum. So that even if you're not an expert in that field, an educator can, who knows what that, how to read a lesson plan or unit plan can say, okay, I like how they're structuring this. I like how they're planning this out for the student. And if they are, and then it's okay to, to be like, okay, I have faith in the hiring process of the instructor. Right. Does mm-hmm. that make sense?
0: yeah, yeah, I in theory makes at sense least. in theory, sure uh well, we are at a hour and forty some minutes um, so I think this is probably a good place to to end this conversation. Did you have any thoughts on that though, Alex?
1: No, I like the idea. Um, also, this has been a very enjoyable conversation.
0: Yeah. yeah, this is a really good one
1: by the way. And I cannot believe we spoke for that long. It didn't feel like it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all one topic too.
2: Yeah. I know. I was, well, a little bit on games too. Yeah.
0: Wavy. Well, but wavy, even that was an analogy to the original. Yes. Yeah. It, yes. It wasn't. Oscillated in and out wasn't of its its own. the same. So that's, that's a little different for us is usually this podcast goes through a few different topics.
1: Deliberately incoherent.
0: Usually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's a psychedelic journey.
2: Oh God, I I could have students listening. (laughs) I want to edit that out. (laughs) Please, no angry parent calls. Please. (laughs) Uh,
0: Oh, this was also a totally clean podcast too, wasn't it?
2: Well, I think I did cuss. I did too.
1: You did?
0: (laughs) Yeah. But
2: like,
1: you could. We could probably count. Whatever. We're adults. We're allowed to cuss.
2: Brown
0: one hand. No, like I don't care. It's fine with me. I was just. It was cute because there's a switch whether. When you, I upload it, whether it's clean or explicit, and I was like, "Could I actually hit clean this time?" Like, right? Yeah. I
2: think you could, and most people wouldn't catch it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I was. Did he tell you? I was joking with him um, when he invited me over, and I was like, "How did I word it?" Um, because I I curse. I teach sailors how to curse. Like, it's <laughs> so seriously. Sad. No, of course not. <laughs> okay, the like, I can't. I can't see that. <laughs> so he messaged me that i was like i'd love to but uh you'd have to spend a lot of time editing out my profanity oh yeah that's (laughs) right okay profanity is okay i don't edit that i'm like i mean i'm a teacher now and they will hunt down i didn't add down uh but they will hunt down your podcast (laughs) right (laughs) they're weird like that they found my twitter like the first few days i'm like (laughs) yeah
0: well uh this was definitely a good conversation uh, I imagine we'll probably do this again, actually. There's, there's a lot more yeah, to My Pleasure
1: Avenue.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a great time. Thanks for being here. It's, it's Brett great to be away Hans. from the,
2: the baby.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, till next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Spy-Fi After Dark. If you enjoyed it, maybe consider rating or subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on. We'd really appreciate it. Next week is the final episode of season one of this podcast. And I'll be talking with my friend Chris about movies and a little bit of a recap on most of the season. We recorded it a little early, so it didn't include a recap of this episode and the last episode of Alex, but more or less a recap of the season. And as always, if you want to stay on top of it, you can follow me on Twitter at Millantweets, that's M-I-L-L-A-N tweets, to learn when new episodes come out. Thanks again. See you next week.